Hi, hola, and hello, and welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast, hosted by me, yours truly, Jackie. I'm an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, trying to balance culture, raise international kids, and learn the language all while trying not to lose my shit. When I'm not parenting, I'm a working mom, aspiring entrepreneur, and a podcaster by night. So get ready for an exciting season two of My Kids Think I'm Cool podcast. This season, I will focus on international parents doing their thing from changing careers, starting a business, all while trying to adapt to a new country. So grab a coffee or wine and listen, laugh, and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to episode five of My Kids Think I'm Cool But podcast. I'm really excited for this episode because I'm bringing another amazing mama for you guys to hear her journey, her life in Denmark and previously before she moved to Denmark. So it's a really exciting interview, and I'm really happy that she took the time to actually get on my podcast and share her story. Her name is Vanessa, and I don't know if some of you have seen her on Instagram, TikTok, or a few other social media platforms or even groups on Facebook, but she has an amazing company called Styled Freed. I was following her on Instagram for a while, and I think her style is really amazing and really great to follow because she's super entertaining. And so I reached out to her and asked her if she wanted to be interviewed to talk about her life in Denmark, how she started her business, her journey, her way of parenting, her kids, her family. And she said yes. So I'm really happy that she actually took the time to be interviewed and share her story with you guys, the audience. So I will stop talking now and play the interview. Lately, I've been just pre-recording all the interviews and then pre-recording the introduction. It's just easier because with my schedule and everything, I just want to have a really good interview and then take time on the introduction with the call. So yeah, I'm really excited. And so here is the interview with Vanessa and I. Welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool But podcast. And like I said, I have Vanessa here who is the owner and the creator of Styled Freed. And I'm super excited that she actually agreed to be on my podcast because I've been following her on Instagram. She's so creative. And yeah, so let's get started. Hi, Vanessa. Thank you for coming and taking the time to be on my podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited. And if you're popping my podcast cherry as <laughs> messed up as that sounds, but I've never been on one yet. So I'm like, I think it's pretty cool. I'm excited to share a bit more and about myself and chit chat. Yeah, no, I'm really happy that you said yes. And I know you're really busy creating amazing jewelry and doing some funny and creative Instagram and everything. So I'm really happy that you took time. And then you also have kids. So I know how busy that is. Yeah. <laughs> so can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in Denmark? Okay. So it's always that it's every time when I was younger too, I would get like that introduce yourself. And I'm just like, what do I say about myself? Yeah. Oh my God. So as you know, I'm Vanessa. I'm from Florida. Well, Boston technically, but Florida for the last decade plus. I am a creative, but I wasn't always a creative. I came out of the corporate world and now I started my own business in Denmark. And the way that I ended up in Denmark, I was a flight attendant. So it was one of those stories where, you know, I'm traveling the world. I was an international flight attendant for a Scandinavian airline. And I had some fun layovers in Copenhagen and clearly the city, the city caught me. Yeah, I feel like when people, a lot of people that go to Copenhagen or in Denmark in general, they're like, I want to stay. Especially in the spring and summer. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me there's a better city. Like, I absolutely adore how the city comes to life. And, and then it comes, you know, winter, fall, and then we have to just kind of be patient for spring, summer again. But it's such an amazing city in the summer and spring. and everyone's out and smiling yeah I feel like in the spring summer people start coming out of the rocks <laughs> under the rocks yes, I'm one of those people I'm like slithering right under my rock like I do not you didn't 
it reminds me a lot of Boston, to be fair. And it's very ironic that I ended up in a place just like Boston. It is very similar and it's the same way. From certain months, winter months, we do not smile, nor do we talk outside in Boston. And in Denmark, it's the same way. Like head down in wherever we need to get warm and call it a day. But people stop and say hi to you in the summertime. And you're like, oh, it must be nice. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's out in their t-shirts and shorts and everything. <laughs> yeah. Since this is a parenting podcast, can you just tell us a little bit of your experience as a parent in Denmark? Yes, I got the curveball, you know, like everyone, you kind of, when you get pregnant, you start to mentally commit to already the life that you think you're going to have with your kids. We are having an amazing life, but it, we have had a quite of a different journey here. My son, Motley, He's four and he has autism. So we are navigating being in a foreign country with working out for first time parents and also first time, you know, being in the realm yeah. of autism. Not only that, he's also nonverbal. So we played a lot of charades in the beginning parts of his life. And now he's starting to connect things concretely and I mean he's a funny kid he just doesn't have any words but he's the loudest kid in this house as you heard previously so yeah that's our journey so far so I'm learning as I go and I share a lot because there's other parents I know that are kind of in the same boat yeah in a foreign country so that's a little bit of my background with uh, Motley and parenting and being a foreigner That's amazing because as being a international parent and a foreigner in Denmark or any other country and also raising kids with you know autism or it's just such a different mental way it's of thinking super because different. when you're at home yes. you know what to do you have family you have friends everything and then when you're in, you're in Denmark or another country you're just like okay where do I even start Exactly and I'm that pushy annoying I guess, American mom, where I'm like, no, this is, we need to look at this and we're going to look at this again. And if not, you know, we come from the States. So, you know, we just, we're going to pay cash for something and you're going to tell me what I need to know, whether yeah. how many tests it takes. So I'm grateful that I was pushy because I just didn't want to be left with that lingering feeling of I should have did this. You know, I did the most in the beginning and I'm grateful for it. He's exactly where he needs to be. We are utilizing the top resources that Denmark has to offer, literally the top tier. So I'm really excited where he's at and looking forward to seeing where he's heading and stuff. Yeah, and that's really, really great that Denmark offers that because I actually interviewed a mom previously that also had autistic a son and she had to push for it. She's like, now I need to know. And I guess here in Denmark, they don't recognize them until they're four years old or don't start doing any tests or anything. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen with me. Yeah, I was, I told you I was really that pushy parent. Like they were about to like deport me. They were like, okay, she's annoying. But um, I got him a diagnosis at almost two and a half like so he was already in placement and receiving resources in a normal Vogestu, which is like you know the daycare for any non-danish listeners he was already receiving an aid at the age of two so we i kind of bypassed the kumun system and i went to a private doctor because we know when it comes to developmental things the quicker and the earlier proves to show better results in the overall journey. So I was not going to sit down. And I told him, I said, I'm not going to wait till he's three to even begin the process. No way. So we started resources at almost 15 months because we saw a very dramatic change that I knew, okay, even if he doesn't have autism, yeah, there's no hurt in extra care. So that's exactly what I did. Yeah. So we, 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 when I say we, I mean me. My husband, he was my support. I pushed very hard. But um, I feel like it's like your mama knows, like mama knows what's what's best. And you were feeling something was a little off. And you're like, no, I want this solved now. Yeah, it was dramatic. It was he. The thing is, you know, there's so many debates. And I honestly don't have any opinions, you know, when it comes to certain things. But it was very dramatic. He actually lost his hearing for a month. So it was something that we, I mean, I miss a lot, but I couldn't miss that. Like my dog would bark and he wouldn't jump up and I dropped a whole draw of spoons behind him and he didn't react. So I said, okay, he had a physical <laughs> reaction to something, but let's, 
you yeah. know, investigate further. So, That's amazing that you took that yeah, on. I'm that pushy, pushy, pushy. I had to. I had to. I'm his only support. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of women, especially international women, they need to push if they feel something's wrong. They're like, because a lot of the Danish doctors don't really listen unless they're saying I'm literally dying. They're like, okay, let's go get that check. <laughs> and you have yeah. to like make it like 10 times worse than it really is to get noticed or checked up. I skipped them. When they told me an answer that was laughable, I told them my son is not saying mama. And he told me it's because he's not sleeping at night. I said, okay, we are never going to speak again. And I went private. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I'm not a doctor and I knew enough. Like I had enough WebMD to know that that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, I just went private talking about he's not sleeping enough. Are you serious right now? Like I literally, my husband was like, oh shoot, she's about to, she's about yeah. to. <laughs> so, You're like, okay, don't get her there. <laughs> But that's great that you got help. We paid for it. And sometimes, you know, I love the socioeconomic, you know, there's a lot of things that we benefit from that. But sometimes it's nice to just go private and pay for what you need and do it right now and make the journey a little bit smoother. And we found a doctor that actually was the person that would, that the commune would ask. So they just bypassed the whole process. So I was like, told you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good that you got the help you needed yeah. early on. Mm -hmm. And also instead of skipping a year and a half of hardship of like what's going on or any of that. Or just him sitting there. I didn't want him yeah. to sit there and get comfortable, you know, and you have to push a kid and, you know, use his brain and just try to rewire or help to, mm -hmm. you know, navigate what's going on. So I knew he needed a, a head start and I gave it to him. Yeah, and that's really great. And you're like an awesome mama for doing that. Cause, and also some parents just kind of listen to the doctors and just because they think they're the expert. So they're like, okay, yeah. they're not getting enough sleep. So let's try to give them more sleep. So it's really nice that you were like, no, this is not how it's going to be. Yeah, not at all. And at the beginning, I was really his only advocate because, you know, my husband as well. He's like, he's just a boy. He's fine. He'll be, you know. Give him water, you know, <laughs> and fresh air. Yeah, I was like, no, no, no. We're gonna, we're gonna be extra safe. So we're gonna make sure that this is not a thing. And everyone was like, okay, yeah, you were right. And yeah, I was. And I'm glad we did it early because look at us now. You know, yeah. this is unfortunately there's some other cases that they were they weren't helped until a lot later, and you can see a lot of the difference. And that's where I was trying to avoid know, to, exactly to avoid so yeah fight for what you need if they give you a crazy answer just don't be polite like if they think you're that crazy pushy whatever country you come from I know they were annoyed with me 100% but I didn't care because at the end of the day it's my kid and I told them I said I'm gonna take him back to the states yeah or I'm going back to school so I was probably a couple weeks away from going back home and doing the journey there and coming back yeah that's so amazing that you yeah. were able to do that for Motley. I had to. What was the biggest culture shock uh, did you have when you first moved to Denmark? Oh, my God. I tell people that I've gotten this answer. I mean, this question a lot. It was the babies and the being left unattended in the carriages. So when I was a flight attendant, I would, you know, be roaming the streets, you know, doing the most. And one time I had walked and there was a carriage, a stroller. And normally... You'd think it'd be empty, but I'm talking about no parent around. We were like in the shopping center, no parent around, and there was a baby. There was a baby in the carriage, and I'm from Florida. So I come from the land of Amber Alert. Like, that's <laughs> what people do. I don't even go into the car without me having my eyesight on my child, because in Florida, poof, gone. Yeah. Like, that's not happening. So me not knowing, I waited in the cold for whoever's parent, Oliver Twist's parents to return. Yeah. And then they got back and it wasn't a little wait. It was like 30 some odd minutes. You know, it was a long time. And I waited and they look offended when they returned. I said, how yeah. dare you be offended that I was concerned with someone Amber alerting your kid. But apparently it's a practice, you know, that um, it's safer. I must admit Denmark is way safer than it is you know with kids and you know child abductions than it is in florida 
but still there's some part of me that it's just ingrained I cannot like <laughs> I can't especially my kid doesn't talk he's the perfect package like it's not <laughs> happening <laughs> And she's, he's probably sweet. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I know. And he can't talk. So he's gone. Um, So I waited for the parent and they were, you know, it was like I was stepping into their personal space, sort of. I felt like I was intruding, but they explained that they weren't reckless parents and that they were just allowing the kids to sleep. And so, yeah, I thought twice before doing it again. Yeah. But it was, it was dead of winter and there was just a baby in the carriage. And I was like, yeah. this in the state. You cannot even leave a kid, you know, you would just be in trouble. This is something that we can't do. Yeah, so like, that this was is the not biggest. right. And I want to keep this baby safe. I waited, you know, and I know they were just like, who the hell is this person next to my baby? I probably was what they were thinking, like, what's going on? I mean, and that is something I didn't adopt, unfortunately. His, you know, everyone else did. His grandparents in school would put him outside and stuff to sleep. But I never did. It's something. No, you never did. I mean, no, I didn't. I just, I just don't sleep outside in the winter. So yeah. if I'm being biased, I'm being biased. It's okay. Like, <laughs> I feel like when my mom came to visit and I put yeah. my daughter out in, in a terrace and she was about to call the police on me yeah, or take the baby a, home. I can't, you know what it is? I, it's also, it seems very confining to me, you know, like, I'm like, he can't be comfortable, but apparently he sleeps like a log at school and everywhere else. So it might work. But me physically, I just never did it. You couldn't relax. I It just is to me, I didn't feel right. It felt like he was in a sleeping bag in like a casket type situation. It felt very confining to me. It just, you know, but, you know, those are another type of cultural differences that I think is just, it's a lot different. I was like, yeah, he's not napping outside. I have a perfectly good inside for him to sleep. <laughs> You're like, where I can hear him and it's warm exactly. and no one's going to be running away with him. Exactly. But, you know, his Danish half, it completely agrees with it because he sleeps, he sleeps the worst at home. So that might say something about my parenting. He sleeps fine at school. He sleeps fine with his grandparents. It might be me, which is fine. I mean, he could sleep good elsewhere, but he, he sleeps fine in the outside. Yeah. It's just me. <laughs> I had to get an adapter to that, too, because my whole Danish family is also like, everything's outside. And then I realized I could make a lot of noise inside without waking her. So I was like, okay, she can go outside. <laughs> that makes sense, too. Our house is chaos, as, you, as you've heard, you know, not on record, but... uh. We have between the dog and just Motley, he's pretty good with chaos for the most part, which is another thing I'm happy that I, I you know, introduced him to those certain situations because a lot of people are like, you sure he has autism? Because he's like the life of the party in this chaotic crowd. And I'm like, yeah, he's my child. Like, he's good. You're like, this is home to him. It's perfect. He's, he's, I'm happy that he's good in chaotic situations because that's my life. I'm happy it works out. Well, for any of the listeners, like if they hear a child in the background or a dog, Vanessa has a full house today and still doing this interview. So I'm really happy for that. And not even my dog is on Prozac to, to make matters worse. It's like, really? Like, universe? What am I going to get a break? Like, why? <laughs> Just one thing. <laughs> Another question regarding Denmark. Was it easy for you to integrate here when you finally made the move? It was, I think, easier for me because I had spent almost two years already here before I made that move. So I was traveling the airlines and I was in Denmark maybe about two weeks out of the month. So I was I was here a lot. So I did get I got to see, you know, the fun parts. I was only there for two weeks. So I would do all the touristy things over and over again. But for the most part, I would say that my integration like moving to Denmark wasn't as shocking as it might have been to some because I had already kind of had all my things here I was you know we did long distance for two and a half years and I was here almost 10 to 14 days out of the month oh that's nice it was easier for me the process wasn't that I know they've made it harder but it wasn't as crazy um for me so that part it was it didn't seem that hard it it was it was okay so you, you actually know. had 
you know, you already created friends, you're already used to the weather. So you kind of had your feet already wet a little bit before making the jump fully. Yeah, I hadn't, my feet were definitely wet. I still had a lot of colleagues that would be here. I mean, every week I had a friend visiting and, and then I had my airline benefits for almost a year and a half after I was grounded. So, you know, I'd hop on a plane every three weeks and go home too. So it was, I definitely was spoiled in my move to Denmark. It wasn't like pulling a bandaid off. I kind of, you know, got used to it. So that part was, it was easy for me at least. Yeah. I can kind of relate because before I also moved to Denmark, I was traveling a lot to Denmark to visit my boyfriend or husband now, Mm -hmm. and we would go back and forth. But when I moved here, I think it was more of the weather because coming to California, I only came during summertime, (laughs) so I was just like spoiling myself. So winter was tough when I finally Yeah, it is. And that's why I say it's ironic because I moved from Boston to Florida for the weather. And then I ended up somewhere just like Boston. I mean, I'm okay in the cold. I prefer Florida weather. I'm trying to convince my husband to give Florida a chance, but you know, everyone's like, everything crazy happens in Florida. Yes. And they're not wrong. (laughs) My favorite was (laughs) when someone told me the Florida birthday. Have you heard of that one? So on Google, you type in Florida man, your birthday. Oh my God. Oh, and it shows yeah. all the your horoscope of what a Florida man did on your yeah. birthday. And yeah. it's like the craziest things because you would never think what a Florida man would do each day. of the Yeah, day. I did hear that. And it, it is crazy. I mean, I can explain those anomalies of why everything crazy happens in Florida, but it does. And I absolutely love it. Like I, you know, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, nothing crazy I mean, yeah, crazy things have happened, but I don't, it must be the weather. I mean, you know, we have all the snowbirds and retirees and, you know, so there's, it's a, it's a mesh. Of people. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. But I miss it. I do miss Florida. It's a melting pot with so many cultures and so many restaurants that I think that's the biggest thing I miss is like the food, obviously family, but like the food. That's how I am with Los Angeles. Weather and food is just... Yeah, so we're we're the same. Yeah. What do you miss? The heat and rice. Yeah, <laughs> me is like everything, heat, and then all the difference you can... Every day you can have Mexican, Korean, yes. sushi, all in one day. Yes, yes. Like, and for the yes. fracture of the price in Denmark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> so that's why I, what I really miss. I always... I don't know if you do it, but when I go to Los Angeles, I have a list of restaurants that I hit up before I I, go back. I just eat all the time. I'm like, I just go home. My first thing is I have a Caribbean. I come from a Caribbean culture. We're Haitian. So we live off of rice and beans. We are rice people. Yeah. So that's the first thing I do. I hit up all my Caribbean restaurants, Jamaican, Haitian. Ooh, I do a lot of Dominican food. I mean, that's, and I will eat that. Literally every day. Me too. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like with no shame. So that's definitely the first thing is is food, and then I go to twenty four hour thing. Like I miss just going to bed. Waffle and houses. Up at three a.m. Yes, <laughs> I just miss waking up and be like, you know what? I crave some sour worms, and then going to like Walmart, Walgreens, wherever that's twenty four hours, and getting it. And I don't know why. I think I asked my husband this one time. I was like, why doesn't Denmark have a 24-hour place kind of like that? And I don't remember his answer, but I think he said something about labor laws or different. Probably. (laughs) I want to open up a 24-hour spot and I would be like a monopoly. And I would have all of the crazy things that people crave after 10 p.m. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Uh, Let's get into your business, Styled Freed. First, you introduce to the listeners what Styled Free is and why you created it. What is it? Yes. Okay. So I always play with words. So Style Free actually is just freestyle backwards because freestyle was taken, all the dot coms, all that. And so I was like, fine, I got to think of something else. So Style Free is basically the freedom to create whatever it is your style is. 
And style also could be, I'm going to sound nerdy, could be a synonym for the word name or signature. So it's the freedom to be you. So that's why I created it. A lot of people notice when I do have my styling videos and things like that, they are surprised to know that I create jewelry because I am not always wearing a lot of jewelry or sometimes I don't have jewelry at all on. And the premise behind the pieces I make, I deal a lot with healing crystals and mystic jewelry and Nepal bone beads, African bone beads, a lot of things that you don't find natively in Denmark. All of my most of my pieces are commissioned to what the customer wants. And I wanted to do that, something for you. So that's why I ended up creating that. It's, it's, it's a little weird because I don't wear jewelry, but I, I think I wanted to do that because I wanted to create a jewelry brand yeah. that I would wear. And it was my own. It happened to be. But that's where it came from. And I never was a, I've always been creative, but I wasn't able to creatively express myself prior to being in Denmark because you know the American cycle we go to school we graduate mm -hmm. we work and that's pretty much you know we work our life so it's time to be creative but I moved to another country and I had that rare opportunity where we get to yeah do something else <laughs> and so I took full advantage of it so I'm happy I finally did it and I kind of kicked myself and I'm like why didn't I do this before I it, you know why but I'm happy that I finally took the risk and did it. I feel like when internationals move abroad or in Denmark, they find themselves in a way because you find yourself vulnerable. Yeah. You move to a new country and then you're like, what now? <laughs> like, I can't do what I'm doing back at home. I don't want to clean. Exactly. So what should I do for myself? And a lot of the internationals I talk to just go for, for their passion, what they feel is right. And I think it's amazing that a lot of international women find themselves when they move abroad. 100%. Or you find this your strength. I actually did find a job. I was one of the lucky ones where technically I was never not employed. I was on maternity leave for almost a year and a half with my uh, airlines. And then after that ended, I think I did the job search for four, six months. I know it could be longer for others. And I did find a job at a seemingly cool company. And the, the office environment was English. So I was like, oh, of course. But as you know, when you do take up employment in a foreign country, a lot of your credentials from the States don't translate over. And then you find you do, you're doing a lot of miscellaneous tasks that is not under your job title. So I was like, oh yeah. no, this is not for me. I'm too old to be doing this. Goodbye. I need to start my own stuff. So that actually is what really gave me the push to start the style freed is being employed in something that I already knew I was beyond in a sense. And sometimes you just need that little dose of reality like, oh no, I'm not gonna settle. This is not me. But that's that's another behind story of why I got that extra push because a lot of jobs are different in descriptions when you actually take them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. And I've heard that a lot of internationals are mistreated. It doesn't matter if it's a small job or a big job. A lot of companies, mm -hmm. not a lot, I'm not putting no. all of them there, but some take advantage. I do 100% agree with that sentiment. I, I had really great treatment with my I guess only official employer in Denmark, amazing treatment. But I do think that there was advantages taken. And my biggest thing is I don't want to be a part of something that, that devolves me as a, as a person. You know, I'm always evolving yeah. to be better or to use different aspects of my brain, whether it be creativity or whatever. But I felt I was being devolved in that position. And I was like, Okay, once you're past, you know, past the age of 33, you don't have time to be devolving, especially when you have kids. So that definitely put some pep in my step to be like, I can't get comfortable in this. And I know a lot of people do because people have bills and all that other stuff, but I could not sit there another day and regress. <laughs> so that's, that's what happened to me. But I'm grateful for my experience. Was this the turning point of your life where you're just kind of like, fuck it, yeah. I'm going to start my own business and do something for myself? 
100% was the turn. You know what? It's a mixture. It was that. And then it was also, I needed something flexible while navigating and being an advocate for my son's autistic journey. They were, I must admit, even though the miscellaneous tasks that they had in fine print were different, they were very understanding and empathetic and, and tried their best to keep me at that company with, you know, having my schedule be flexible, but I needed something really flexible with my son. At the time, he wasn't sleeping at night. So I'd be up and I might close my eyes from 4.20 to 5.30 in the morning and get up and start my day. So it was taking a physical toll on me as well because I just was going, 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 going and not being able to like rest when people sleep and rejuvenate. So I needed flexibility and I needed I just needed to just push myself. I felt like my brain wasn't being used enough. And then I felt like creatively I was being stunted. So that's that's definitely, it was the turning point for me. I was like, sign <laughs> Yeah, it's like the butterfly. You're just like, I need to, you know, bloom into my creative juices and everything. The thing is, I come from a very creative family, like very published mm -hmm. and distinguished artists and different things. So it's like that side is like about time. We've been waiting for you to join us. But I'm so excited that I can finally, every job I've had before this or career has been very uniform, you know, literally and figuratively in corporate, you know, not really being able to stand out. And now I can stand out, wear the colors I want, do the jewelry I want. So yeah, and that's really great. What were like the steps you took in Denmark to start this business? My husband, <laughs> he literally, I had a cheat sheet. I had a cheat code. Yeah. My husband, who actually enjoys helping to, well, I wouldn't say everyone, but he enjoys the beginning parts of building a business and those intricate parts, which if he was here right now, he'd be looking at me and be like, there's still a part that we really need to get handled. Is like, I'm really good with the business and the selling and the creating and the making, but there's the office part and back end, which I'm also trying to be better with that stuff. It's just one or the other. But he really helped to navigate that part and, you know, doing the business because he already has had his business for almost, I think, eight, nine years. And it's been just growing so crazy that, Obviously, he knows what he's doing. So that's, I mean, he's my mentor. I ask him. And if you ask me, how did I actually set up the license and all that? I don't know. I ha I had my husband. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I literally, and that's what you do. You, It's not, it's not what you know. Sometimes it's who you know. Yeah. And I happen to know him. So it worked out for me. That's really great that your husband supported your creative yeah. journey. Because, you know, some internationals, they need both income. They're like, you can do it half time or. I lucked out. I hit the jackpot, I must admit. And I'm very grateful. But it, it was a symbiotic relationship because he needed me to be freed up more as well. Yeah. So that the whole his autism, you know, his journey with autism is very different than mine. And I do better with, I guess, chaos in a sense, you know, sleepless nights and stuff like that. So we work out in that sense of he's more concrete and structured and I'm taking up the slack when it's not so scheduled so it worked out for both of us but he 100% supports my journey and I'm grateful for that yeah and it's great that you have that support system at home for starting this business and when you're international it's a different kind of support system where he helps with the language the business uh, the culture everything so that's really great Yeah. What was the scariest thing when you quit your job in Denmark, quit the comfort and really find the courage to just do this? The scariest thing for me was, I guess, lacking confidence in the beginning. I was like, who's going to buy stuff for me? Like, I'm going to make stuff, but who's going to buy things for me? And I think that was the scariest thing was, will this succeed or will people like my stuff or will people purchase it? And Quickly, I realized that people are going to buy my things. They like my things. They like my art. So I think the scariest thing was, I guess, in a sense, lacking that confidence in taking that first step. But then once you take it and then you take another step, 
walking forward just becomes easy. And I'm happy that I got that push from my previous employer where I that was the push I needed. Because imagine if I was liking the job or it was comfortable or, you know, I would have never taken a step. So I sometimes count different things as blessings. And I do appreciate that. Would you recommend anyone that's having a difficult time you know, in their workplace or really can't find their footing in Denmark to go for their passion or start a business that they love? I would recommend that someone always do something that they're passionate about and that they love. It's a little bit different when we have, you know, we're not, we have responsibilities. We need to pay our bills or pay for the roof over our head. I would definitely make sure that they either have the room for that risk or they either set it up in a way where there can be a space for that while they're still navigating, you know, whether it's leaving the job or finding a new position. Sometimes dedicate a day to your small business. If that's what you want to do, I would say, you know, get back to the basics. Uh, I had a notebook when I first started and I wrote down all my ideas and I squared them and I circled them and I still have that get, you know, write things down, spend, you know, whether it's a Wednesday and just plan for that or slowly start to network. You know, Denmark is only so big. Start to network, find those, find your niche, find those people that would want to patronize your business or, you know, make concrete steps, you know, buy a domain, start something. My biggest thing is I would definitely just tell someone, Thinking is great, you know, thinking about starting something, but the actual action behind that, I would just say, just start something, whether it's something small by buying a notebook and writing down your ideas, just start because the world is so big. There is a niche for everyone. You just need to infiltrate it. And who would have thought? I collected another nerd alert. I collected rocks and crystals as a kid, and it wasn't until... I don't know if it was my sister or my mom reminded me. It was like, you used to do this as a kid. Like I had amethyst and citrine and I was really into fossils and sedimentary. And like, I took a whole course in geology in college. Like I'm really a rock person as crazy as that sounds, but look what I'm doing. It's like life is full circle. So you never know what things you're doing now that could be something that you really enjoy. You never know. And when you come to another country, sometimes it's, in the States, you know, we are the land of options. We have so many options of the same and different things. But so it, I think it's great that I started this in Denmark versus Florida. It's nice because not every day you're meeting an American expat that's creating healing crystals in Denmark. So sometimes it's great to start in a smaller market. So I would definitely say the biggest obstacle of starting a small business is ourselves. At least it was for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. Yeah, mentally because we're just like you said who's exactly. gonna buy my stuff and I think we mentally put ourselves down until we exactly. get validation th that's the hardest part is getting over the lack of confidence but once you do it and people give you that feedback and they pay for it and they wear it and they wear it every day and they love it and they tell other people about it I can't even tell you how crazy that is someone I was at a restaurant I was at what was the restaurant? I think it's called Dada or something. It's not called Dada, maybe Dada. And the waitress says, I want to buy your jewelry. She was like, I, I see it all the time. And I was like, are you serious? This is crazy. You're coming up to me, a stranger. Like she sees my jewelry. This is someone in a restaurant who's a hostess. I don't know the lady, but she knows me through my jewelry. So that's crazy to me. But it, people like your stuff. You know, you just have to, you have to accept it. It validates it. Yeah, it's it's insane, but I've created, I mean, I've had jewelry spotted all over the world. And if you told me this would be me five years ago, I would call you a liar. So I'm excited to see where it goes. And, and I'm also writing. I started writing an article, a fashion article uh, for the International, which is another uh, expat-based uh, publication. And that's something I've always also really be, been interested in that people don't know is that I'm a strong writer, like from before. So I'm using my brain. I'm using my creativity. I feel like I'm, I'm blossoming. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. I am, and I'm doing it too. I'm blossoming into who I'm supposed to be. 
and I'm grateful. Do you think for if it. you lived in Florida, you would blossom this way? You would find yourself? No way. <laughs> no freaking way. First of all, I come from like I said, a Haitian yeah. family. Uh, this is not. This is play play. Like I could do it on the side. I can do it on you know the the weekends to my corporate job. No way. Like this is maybe now that they see it now that I, I mean, I showed my family and they're just like, Oh my God. Like, you know, they can see it now. They're like, okay, this is something, you know, but no, I would, I would, I would have uh, too many responsibilities to even dedicate to this passion. And I was comfortable in that cycle. I didn't even know that I was really in a cycle until I got out of it. So I was, I mean, I became a flight attendant to take a break from my corporate life. I was uh, going to always go back to, I took a leave of absence as, at first, but then once I started flying and I started experiencing different cultures and coming here, I was like, there's no way I can go back to that same cycle. I mean, it's hard to unsee it. So I don't think I would blossom as I am now here. <laughs> Isn't it funny how what being living outside of your comfort zone, your home, what you grow into? 100%. I mean, I, I, there was no way I would be creating jewelry. I mean, I just didn't have the time. Yeah. <laughs> so in my head, I'm thinking, I didn't have the time. I had a full-time job and there was, there's no way. But I, I agree. I think once you're placed in somewhere unknown or a different realm, your instincts kick mm -hmm. in. It's like, okay. I gotta, you know, I gotta do something and my creative in instincts definitely kicked in and I'm happy. I get to dress how I want. Like I've always been very business top and bottom or when I was flying, I'm in a yeah. uniform. So I've never been able, and then I went to a Catholic school all my life. So I'm telling you, I've never been able to wear really my yeah. own clothes. So this is, I mean, I'm lying on the weekends, I'd be on the beach in a bikini, but you know, that's different. But now every day I get to wear what I want and style it how I want and no one can tell me yeah anything. and I think it's funny because we both come from this state a sunny state with a lot of options and if we come to yeah. Denmark <laughs> with those options I think we can't blossom because we're going out we're seeing friends we have a nine yeah. to five job we're in traffic so we exactly. don't have the time to think about those things Exactly. Sometimes, I mean, I, it's a uh, shameful to admit, but I can be inside for three days in Denmark and not have to go outside. And I'm okay with it. In Florida, this would never yep. happen. Never happen. Me inside for three days? What? The other day, my husband was like, I think you need to go outside. And I'm completely content because guess what? I don't know anybody. Who am I going outside for? I'm not, my schedule's not booked in busy. I mean, it could be. I kind of became more of a hermit being here, but like, a, it's the weirdest thing because I'm a... I'm definitely a social hermit. It's just, you know, I get to space it out. But if I was from here, I'm sure I have friends that I'd grow up with and they want to go out every weekend. That's how I am in Florida. Like I got home and I was overwhelmed with all the stuff. I was at the club. <laughs> I was at the club and I left my friends and I Ubered back by myself. I was like overwhelmed. I was like, I can't believe that I'm leaving. I was yeah. tired. I, it was too many people. And like, I was watching myself from the outside and everyone's like dancing and doing all that stuff. And I'm sitting down on a stool. And I'm like, I got to go home. This is too much for me. It's like, I'm not about that life. They just change you. So like, yep. I love the fact that Denmark, I always say moving to Denmark saved my life. I have lupus as well. So my disease is stress related. So sometimes with flying and being in three different time zones in a matter of two days and and sometimes I would forget to sleep because I'd wake up somewhere and forgot it's daytime. And when I left somewhere, it was daytime. But then I forgot that in the middle somewhere should have been nighttime for me, at least. So I was doing the most. And I think Denmark definitely gives me a forced break. And I, as much as I miss Florida, and I will go back to Florida, but it, I don't think it'll ever be full time again. I think we will be snowbirds yeah. eventually. That's how okay. I feel I am with California. <laughs> You get overwhelmed. I was yep. like, they were like, and you know, Florida, we're the land of, I don't know, it's a parent friendly podcast. So you, the person can yes. edit this out. But yes. I don't know. We're the land of strip clubs. Like we love strip clubs and we like to go get 
drinks there, pre-gaming, the after parties there, food is amazing. And when I say this in Denmark, they're just like, oh my God, the audacity of this person. I'm like, what? Strip clubs are fun. But I could not even do it. I couldn't survive. It was like they wanted to go out to dinner, then the club afterwards, a lounge afterwards, and the strip club afterwards. I was like, I'm not about, this is too many options. I'm not used <laughs> to this. I'm not used to these options anymore. Just give me my one option and I come home. So when I got to the States, my husband was very shocked to hear me say that I actually missed Denmark. And he was like, wow. So it isn't greener on the other side. I'm like, this is too much. I don't even know how to hang with these people anymore. I can't keep up. I can't keep up with my friends sometimes. I was so, I threw my shoes away. It was just too much. I've never walked that much in so much drunkenness. I was, it was It was other people's drunkness. It was just beard. I threw my (laughs) shoes away. I was like, I'm not used to this life anymore. I can't. I cannot. I cannot. (laughs) But um, I think the calmness of Denmark is easy to appreciate when you go back to the States. And I think that's why we can't parade. We can't do what we like because we have so much noise. We have so much to do with our friends. There's traffic. There's full-time job. And then... Like yeah. everything, even like media, oh what God. you have to look like. I feel like there's so much that's pressured on mothers, on women, everything. There's always a problem with something, school shooting, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, like all these things. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's another reason why I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I'm happy to be here, especially with recent events. You know, it's like. It's like, oh my God, there's mm-hmm. there's too many options in the States, sometimes in the worst way. But I go back. That's another reason why I'm just like, I don't know if I would want yeah. to what's the word that I, I I do want to go back. I have to go back to palm trees. Like that's just that's just not even it's I I have to have the beat. Yeah, I have to move back permanently. I don't know because I said I did think to myself. Am I diminishing the quality of life for my son with him being in those schools? And I don't know. I mean, I miss my big family and I want that, but I also want to make sure that I'm making the best choice for him. Yeah, same here. Right now, would I go back just based off the school system? No, I would not. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. It's just too, there's just so many things that's going on right now that you're just like, can you imagine? Like my friend sent me. Oh a my gosh! To to pick between which bulletproof yeah. backpack I thought was better. That to me is like, oh, this is so wrong on so many levels. I chose one of them too. I was like, oh. but that's what people are looking at right now. Bulletproof backpack. But isn't it funny that you think about? We actually grew up in that. We sure did. I don't know how I survived because I remember being back uh, when I was in high school. We only had Columbine maybe, and all these other ones. I we had two in my high school. We had yeah. two threats. I do remember like being in between. I was really small, so I just was between lockers. Um, but now it's a thing mm-hmm. that's it's like a week. It's yeah. like an Amber Alert, or you know, it's like you know, it's that's what it is. It's an Amber Alert, and I know when my husband first came to <laughs> sidetrack. He first came to Florida, and once you know you land, you get uh, they get like the yep. U.S. system of texting or your service. So the first thing he got was like two. And your Amber phone alert. goes crazy. And I remember his eyebrows were like up here. You know, they were like, "What is this?" He was like, "It's saying this and this. What do I need to do?" And I'm just like, "It's okay. It's just the Amber Alert." We get. And then when I did that, I realized how desensitized I was to child abductions. Yep. And I was like, oh, my God, everyone else, he's panicking because it's not normal. But I'm just like, it's OK. They come all the time. Amber, you know, that's just whatever. But do I want to go back to that? I don't think so. I don't want my kid to be, you know, so like, it's OK. I'm, I want him to at least speak because, God forbid, we're not going to Florida where the land of abductions occur. And my kid can't tell me. No yeah, way. that's true. Or can't ask for help. You know, if something does happen, he can't ask. No, he would just be chilling. He's like, my, my new family, like he, we were at the airport and he completely went to go sit on a whole nother family's luggage and he was completely content. You would not know he was with us. And I'm like, oh, come here. Like, 
But yeah, America is, there's no place like, you know, like America, like everyone wants, it's an amazing place, but a lot of dark spots as well. Yeah, and I'm really proud to come from there also. Yeah, me too. I mean, 100%. They, I mean, they can tell as soon as I say, do you speak English? English. (laughs) Okay, so you're better than (laughs) she's like English you're better than me because I'm I I will understand what they're saying but I I've mastered two phrases that I have become really comfortable with and I'm just like they're okay to tailor English and they always tell me yes and I'm like okay like that's exactly what I you know I you you've assimilated way better than I have but it's like every time I try to speak Danish it's English not even that, but my husband always jokes with me or someone's like, well, and I'm like, ah, this is why I don't speak Danish. And then I thought I would be learning with yeah. my son and he's nonverbal. So I didn't even get those like primary steps into Danish. So it's, and it's not an easy language. No, it's not. It's talking with a potato in your mouth. <laughs> I have Danish school tonight also. <gasps> Shout yeah, out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> What would be your biggest inspiration to take this entrepreneurial uh, journey? We got a little sidetrack with uh, school shootings, but <laughs> I only have two more questions. What is your okay biggest inspiration and gave you the motivation to take this entrepreneurial journey in Denmark? It would have to be my son. I know as cliche as that sounds, I felt that my purpose should be bigger for him. You know, I didn't want to be comfortable because I have, whenever he's, you know, acknowledging me, he's watching, you know, I want him to see how a fiery person can make their own, you know, his dad, I feel like being an entrepreneur or having that, that, that spark, it's mm-hmm. contagious. Like I see my husband and I'm like, God damn, I want some of that. I don't want to have to, he is doing so amazing. I, I wanted to join in on that. And also I want something that I can leave for my son. I want, you know, whether it's him listening to this podcast, uh, me sharing my, my uh, youth days with him when he's an adult or seeing the article that's been published about me, it's something tangible that I can open up in my time box and I can show him. So I definitely want to show him that your mom was a badass. Like she created yeah. jewelry, you know, and people loved it. So it he has definitely been that spark for me because I'm not only living for me, I'm living for him. And whether his autism allows him to pursue his own dreams in this type of sense, he'll always have that head start from his father and from myself. We're going to push, he'll have two companies that he can pick from if he's not able to do it on his own. We're going to allow him to to ride our Yeah, and it's amazing that you're giving him those opportunities. Also, you learn so much from your parents. Like that's who you're with the most your early stage and by you guys showing entrepreneurship starting your own business being creative he'll find his own way and his own way of being creative what are some tips you would give any international mom that's just moving to Denmark that wants to start a business but you know either nervous or they're nervous about the language the business because it's such a different place to start a business my top tips would be, I kind of echoed them before, was put some action behind those thoughts, whether it's building a vision board or buying a notebook and just writing concretely some things. Sometimes I'm I'm a person that has to write something and I still check it off just because I that's how I operate. I would say begin. That would be the first step. I would say the biggest other step would be to network. And I know sometimes it could be nerve wracking. But there's so many other entrepreneurial expat mamas that you wouldn't even understand. So it that would be the biggest thing is to find those, whether it's a Facebook group or IG or whatever it is, find those groups and begin to network. Because I think the biggest thing when moving to a new place is building that system over again. So I would say definitely do that, network. And third, 
I think my third echoes into my first point, make action. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're thinking of something, buy those domains, buy those names as soon as you can. Yeah. And even if you don't use it, I had the style free for almost three years before I actually used it. So I knew I wanted to do it. I just didn't know in what aspect or how I was going to do it. But I, I owned that domain for three years before I ever used it. So I would just say, spend the $15, buy the name, t- secure those IG handles, social media, just have those keys throwing Legos down the stairs. I don't know if you can hear them, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's why you're okay. But I would say, put some action behind those wants. And I know it could be nerve wracking, but surround yourself with supportive people. And the best way to do that is to definitely network. There's a lot of Facebook groups, especially in Denmark, even just women-based that you can definitely take advantage of. And literally that's what the whole group is about is encompassing and supporting people. So I would definitely say those are my biggest tips is Putting action, whether it be writing it down on paper or buying a domain and networking. Networking is the biggest part. And the good thing is, it's not like a huge state like California or Florida. You're only networking in Denmark. So the the pool is a little bit smaller. So it's not as daunting. But I would say get yourself out there and start creating or start doing what you want to do. Just start. That's the biggest thing is just start. I feel like. The international community in Denmark are so supportive of entrepreneurship. Yes. Like if you post one thing that you're selling something and like it goes out like hotcakes or if you wrote an article or a blog, people just support it. Yeah, I agree 100%. So I think it's really great. I agree. Just start it. Just uh, even if you're just doing it on Wednesdays, choose one day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just dedicate some time to what you want to do and make those goals and slowly chop away at it. I think that's the best thing I have. I mean, I'd never tell you that I'd have almost 200 products on my website. I'm like, how did I even get here? It's just, you just have to start it. And even if it's not the best, it's okay. You can evolve. That's what I've done. You can evolve and you can perfect it. And learn. Exactly. That's put whatever out there, out there. And then you learn from it. The best thing is feedback that you get from people. And when you see it and testing it out, that's that's the best way. It's like learning curves. That's that's just what it is. Life. <laughs> I feel like we could keep talking and I want to wrap this up too. We have so much to talk about and everything, but I want to wrap yes. this up. But before we end it, I do have a blog of like kid-friendly places that I keep for other international moms to find for their kids what to do with their kids do you have any suggestions on what families can go to in Copenhagen or anywhere in Denmark that you suggest it's my son's favorite place I'm making sure that I have the right place it's X X Jump. jump okay it's a jumping trampoline place he's into jumping and anything active and Plus point is that my husband usually likes to join in. So it's like a whole family thing. So you have two sons for the day. Yeah. (laughs) I have. So it's called X Jump and it's in, I'm probably going to chop this name up. Skovlund? Yeah. I'll find it on Google. Don't quote me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's called X Jump. Yes. It's trampoline park. My son loves it. Like. It's a cool place. I like it too. Great. I will put that on my Kidly website so other parents can actually find it and find things to do with their kids. Any last words to the listeners or any tips? Any last tips for the listeners? I would say if there's any moms listening and they have any gut feelings about anything I would just say always listen to that mama gut and push through there's no rules on first second third fourth fifth sixth opinions get as many opinions as you can and if it still is that mama gut is tingling do what you got to do 
That's an amazing <laughs> tip because a, a lot of us have that mama gut and some people listen to it and some people don't. So that's a really great tip that you're giving any moms out there, if not just international, but moms in general. Exactly. I'll have Vanessa's Instagram styled free connected to this webpage and also the website so you guys can see her jewelry, her amazing creativity, and all that will be connected to this podcast. And you guys can follow her on all her social media links and also the website. Again, thank you so much, Vanessa, for connecting with me and sharing your journey with the audience. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Bye. Bye. What did you guys think about that interview? Wasn't it so interesting? I feel like Vanessa and I can just keep talking about life, life in Denmark, life abroad, you know, our experience in the U.S. and how we grew up as a child in the U.S. and then also being parents here in Denmark. I feel like we could have extended that one hour of conversation that we had about her business, about her life in Denmark, and also how she started her business in Denmark. Just really happy that she was able to share her experience. Like I said, she had a really full house. So it was really nice that there was no yelling or screaming or the dogs barking. So it was really nice. I think it was a really perfect opportunity for her to share her story to the listeners. If you guys want to check her out on her website, it's stylefree.com. Check out her jewelry. She has some amazing pieces on there. Go to her Instagram. She has some really good fashion tips and just really great energy on Instagram. I really love exploring her Instagram. It always comes up on mine and it's just amazing to see her creativity and see that shine. Um, Like we mentioned on the interview that her creative side is blooming while she's here in Denmark and in the U.S. We wouldn't really have that opportunity because it's such a hustle and bustle in the U.S. We have so much going on from meeting friends, nine to five job and everything else that comes with living in the U.S. So check out her website and I really appreciate that all my listeners are coming in and listening to everyone's stories as international moms living in Denmark and also anyone that's listening to this podcast. Thank you again. I have more podcasts that's coming out with other parents sharing their stories while they live here in Denmark. Thanks everyone and until next time. Bye. Bye.